This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey, Keeping Carlson listeners, Elon Dubrovsky here. We've got a special treat for you today, some bonus content to help get you through this fantasy hockey week. So as Brian and I have talked about on the show, Keeping Carlson is presented by Daily Faceoff, and we've actually been trying for a while to get the Daily Faceoff editor-in-chief, Brock Sagan, to take some time out of his busy schedule to do an interview with me to talk about the site and also just talk some fantasy hockey. We were finally able to get on Skype for an interview tonight, and we had a pretty fun chat. Hope this extra content will help tide you over until our next regular episode, which should be out on Sunday as usual. Enjoy the interview. We have on the other end of the line, Brock Sagan from Daily Faceoff. Hi, Brock. Hi, how's it going, Elon? Thanks for having me. Yeah, great to have you on the show. We've been promoting Daily Faceoff, and we've wanted for a while to get you on, so it's cool to finally be able to chat with you. Absolutely. Been excited, looking forward to it. Yeah, so maybe just to get started, maybe you could just tell the listeners kind of like who you are, how did you get involved with Daily Faceoff, like give us the general background. Uh, well, I'm, uh, I'm from Windsor, Ontario, so I went to a local college uh, in Ontario here, and uh, I went for journalism and broadcasting. Uh, I was originally more into the TV, radio side of things. Uh, but once I got an opportunity uh, to write about the NHL, I would have been crazy, you know, not to jump all over it. So uh, I've been with Daily Faceoff uh, since the start of the lockout year, and uh, I'm having a blast. So yeah, so what exactly do you do at Daily Faceoff? Like, are you the guy that's setting the line combos and the starting goalies and all of that? Uh, yeah, I do it all from, you know, articles to starting goalies to line combos. Uh, pretty much everything you read on the site right now is uh, is from me. Oh, wow. So how do you do that? Like like the line combos, for example, you're updating it pretty much every day. Where are you getting the information of who's playing with who? Both like even strength, power play, it's all there. Yeah, well, we uh, we follow all the, uh, you know, team's beat reporters on Twitter. Um, you get a lot of information from Twitter, um, you know, from practices. They do line rushes every day. Uh, so, you know, the reporters will post the lines on there. And then from there, you know, we the, the day after a game, I'll go on and look at the, the shift charts and, you know, see who's playing with who and, you know, update the lines based on, you know, if I got anything wrong, I'll fix it and uh, go from there. So it's basically just, you know, blogs and Twitter. Um, you can find it everywhere. Well, yeah, I definitely find it valuable. Brian likes to make fun of me. I Maybe I put too much stock into players playing on that first power play, but I find that's just like such a good tool to know. Like someone who's going to put up points is someone who's playing on the first power play. So I use Daily Faceoff a lot just to see who are these sort of premier guys. Yeah, you know, I, I like to update too. If, if somebody gets moved up to that first power play unit, you know, I'll put a news post out about them because... Um, you know, when you're playing with guys like Stamkos, you get moved up to that top power play unit. You know, naturally, you should produce more points. So I, I can't blame you on that one. Yeah, actually, in my pool, I guess uh, a couple weeks ago now, I saw that Pat Maroon was playing on the top line and top power play with Getzlaff and Perry. So I grabbed him. And then, of course, he happened to get injured like the day after. So that was a bit of a bummer. But definitely, I think he would have been a good pickup if he would have stayed. No, yeah, that's... Uh... Injuries are part of the game, I guess, and uh, Anaheim's a tough place to go. There's, you know, that, that left wing spot on the, on the first line, and 
with you know Perry and Getzlaff on the power play, it seems to kind of be a revolving door. Everybody's seems to be you know chasing their tails, whether it's you know Bolesky or Maroon or potentially Danny Heatley in the future. Yeah, Danny Heatley was drafted pretty high in my pool, considering he you know did so poorly last year. You made a draft kit, which was on Daily Faceoff. I think we mentioned it on the show a couple of times, and you made projections for every single player in the league. How did you project guys like Heatley? I'm curious. Uh, well. You know, it was actually interesting, an interesting little project. Uh, it was the first time that I'd ever done projections myself. Um, so, you know, it was a bit of a learning experience. I basically looked at, you know, uh, players' trends, stuff like that, how they've been doing uh, recently, um, how they've done in the past, and kind of tried to base it off that. And also, you got to think about, for Danny Heatley, uh, for example, you got to look at who he might be playing with and then kind of just make an educated guess in terms of, you know, how many points you think he'll, you know, if he'll get a, a bump based on who he's going to play with and whatnot. Yeah, well, I've got Pat Maroon on my IR, and I guess Heatley's going to come back at some point, so it'll be interesting to see who gets that spot long-term for the year. No, yeah, I like I said, it's usually, it's last couple of years, it's been a bit, bit of a revolving door, but Maroon played really, really well. I think he had three assists and three games there, so hopefully uh, for your sake, he gets the first crack once he gets back. Yeah, so you projected pretty much every player. I'm curious to know, who would you say were some of your more aggressive projections that you made? You know, predictions of guys getting higher point totals than maybe the average projector was making. Uh. I'd say probably Ryan Johansson was one of my, uh, I had him projected for a bigger year than he had last year. I think I had him somewhere around 36, 37 goals. I had him ranked really high uh, in my rankings as well. So he was somebody I was definitely high on and so far so good for Ryan Johansson. And then guys like uh, Tanner Pearson, Tyler Toffoli, uh, I really, I really liked their upside with, you know, playing with Jeff Carter. They had tremendous playoffs last year. So I was Pretty high on them as well. Um, I had Tanner Pearson to uh, battle Jonathan Jouin for Rookie of the Year, so he's gone off to a hot start. So I'm looking okay in those two. And then uh, another guy was Mikel Granlin. Uh, I just love uh, his playmaking ability. I love the surrounding cast he's got there in Minnesota. So those are a couple guys I was really, really high on heading into the year. And uh, so far, most of them are off to pretty good starts. Yeah, that Ryan Johansson pick seems like it was spot on. He's got seven points in five games, taking a ton of shots. It's almost like at the point where he's the type of guy where you're trying to draft players that are playing on his line. I actually just picked up Nick Foligno in one of my pools off the free agent list, mainly because he's playing with Johansson. Yeah, Johansson, uh, I'm happy I was able to, you know, snag him in every single one of my leagues this year. So it was either I was going to look really smart or I was going to look really dumb. And so far, I'm looking kind of smart. So hopefully that uh, keeps up. And Foligno and and, uh, Cam Atkinson have actually looked really, you know, really good on his wings so far after, you know, losing Boone Jenner and Nathan Horton. Things were looking a little iffy, but so far, so good. Yeah, that's pretty great that you have Johansson in all of your leagues. Did you draft him before he signed even? Um, in two of two, two or three of my leagues, I think I did draft him. I just kind of, you know, took a gamble. I figured, you know, Columbus would be crazy not to sign him. Um, and then once those injuries happened, they were almost kind of, it almost pushed their hand to sign him. So I, I took a chance and, you know, I got lucky. Yeah, well, yeah, I hope that works out for you. I'm trying to think if there's someone who I draft. I'm in two pools. I'm in one just with some friends of mine, and then one that actually Brian and I signed up for together. The one player that I have in both of them that really stands out, it's kind of a bummer, it's Evander Kane, who got injured like a minute into the first game of the season. But I still like his upside. How did you project him to do this season? You know, he was saying in the offseason that he thinks he's going to get 50 goals. Uh, You know, I'm a big fan of Evander Kane, actually. You hear a lot of negative you know publicity coming out of Winnipeg but uh he's, he's got tremendous speed he's got a great shot uh, and he works hard out there um I think I had him projected for over 30 goals again I know 50 is probably pushing it a little bit but 30 goals is definitely attainable and hopefully he can get there uh, once he returns yeah well 
the sooner the better as far as I'm concerned. So how about on the other side? Were there any players that many people were projecting to do well and you sort of went more conservatively and had them lower than most people? Ooh, that's a tough one. Um, one of the guys that I can think of right off the top of my head is uh, Matt Zuccarello. I think he's a great player, um, but I, I, I didn't see him playing with Broussard and Pouliot this year, obviously because Pouliot is in Edmonton. Um, but I figured Broussard would move up and then Zuccarello would be kind of left there on the third line by himself. Um, I wasn't so high on him and it seemed like a lot of people were because he came in the league as just a shootout specialist, basically. So, I, you know, last year was just seemed like kind of an admiration to me. So I was looking elsewhere for Zuccarello. Um, I can't really think anybody else, though. Let me look somebody up on my draft gig. <laughs> There's like some players I was looking at where they were drafted. And I was like, what? This is crazy. Well, Zuccarello's got one assist in five games so far. So, so far you're on point with that one. Though, I'm not sure I need to. I should have asked you this before the season started because now uh, maybe you're just saying the people who confirm what you predicted. No, no. I'm, I'm not going to lie to you like that. <laughs> I remember I asked you before the season what you thought of Joe Pavelski. It's actually a running thing on our show where uh, Brian and I made a bet. I was trying to choose my keepers in my pool that he's not in with me, and I was deciding on my last keeper between Pavelski and Paul Stastny, and he said, you've got to go with Stastny. He's in this great offensive situation in St. Louis now. And I was just like, come on, everyone's projecting Pavelski higher. And so I went with Pavelski. We have this bet now. Well, who do you think is going to win that bet? Uh, well, you know, I, I actually heard on the last podcast that it was beer and nachos. So first of all, I love the bet. Um, doesn't get better than beer and nachos. Uh, but you know what? I like your odds on this one as well. Uh, Pavelski, I think he, he just plays on a more offensive team. Um, he's, gonna, he's seeing more power play time. Obviously, Stastny's out right now. But Pavelski playing with Joe Thornton, I think, is going to be the ultimate deciding factor in uh, you you know, taking home a couple of beers and some nachos. Yeah, well, I don't know if you spend much time in Toronto, but the specifics are that we're going to be going to Sneaky D's, which has the best nachos, so... It's especially important that I win this one. Absolutely. No, I do. Uh, Stastny's a great player. They're, they're actually pretty similar players, but after the huge year that Pavelski had last year, I, I don't think he's going to get back to 40 goals. But like I said, playing with you know an elite playmaker like Joe Thornton, it's definitely going to help him get back to 30. That's good. Yeah, a lot of people thought that he wasn't going to hit the 40 goals and like 40 assists that he had last year. I think yourself included. You had him around 60 points. I think he could hit like 70, 75. I know the advanced stats said that he was getting a bit of luck last year, so... It'll be interesting to see how that turns out. Yeah, I think I had him at uh, 36 goals and uh, 30 assists or something like that. So close to 70, but uh, not quite. Right, yeah. So I guess Brian would kill me if I didn't ask you this. Like, Do you use a lot of these advanced stats that we talk about on the podcast, you know, the Corsi and the PDO? Like, What are your thoughts on these kinds of metrics to determine like which players to pick up and things like that? Uh, you know, this is the last year I really started trying to get into it. This year I'm really trying even harder to get into it because it just keeps, it's a growing field and if you know, I think if you don't get into it now, you're going to be, you know, left on the side of the road. Um, so I'm trying to get into it. I'm still, you know, at the point where I don't feel like I'm educated enough to really talk about it because it is, uh, it, it gets pretty complex. I kind of try to leave it to the fancy stat guys, and uh, we've got a couple at the Nations Network that that take care of that for us. But I'm hoping that I'm going to be able to educate myself enough where to the point where I'm going to be able to, you know, be one of those fancy stat guys. Yeah, well. Definitely, you could talk to Brian and he could he could give you some tips to help you along the way. But I definitely like to just ask him, like, this player is doing really well. What do you think about him? Then he goes, well, his shooting percentage is 80%. That's probably going to go down. That's what he said about Brock Nelson this week. And, uh, yeah, he definitely hasn't lived up to his first couple of games. No, yeah. You know, Brock Nelson's an interesting player. He uh, he actually is, you know, a noted goal scorer, you know, throughout juniors and stuff. And uh, playing with Grabowski and... Uh, 
and Strom's really going to help him. Those are a couple of great playmakers. But yeah, the, you know, an 80% shooting percentage is pretty uh, difficult to maintain. So I guess before we talk about some more players and maybe our pools, I got to ask, like daily faceoff, I mentioned that you guys have the starting goalies and the line combos. Those are probably the most popular features. I guess also just the news and like your Twitter account, which you're tweeting all the news and all this stuff. But like, are there any other tools on that site that you would recommend that people should use that maybe aren't as, as well known? Uh, well, one of the ones is the, the schedule. Uh, we have, you know, a week by week schedule breakdown of each team. So that's really useful um, in terms of goalies, you know, seeing who's got back to back and stuff, especially in weekly leagues. I mean, you can go anywhere for the, to find a schedule, but at least this one, it's a nice, easy schedule. You know, take a look at it real quickly and see, oh, they have a back to back. They don't. Um, another one is I just started doing it last year. I do like a goalie rankings on the busy nights based on who I think you should play and who I think you shouldn't play because I was getting hundreds of questions every day saying, should I play this goalie or should I play this goalie? And uh, it was hard to keep up with all the questions. So I decided, you know what, I'm just going to make one list, rank them one to 20 or however many goalies are confirmed for that day. And uh, it's, it's been a pretty good success so far. Um, it's a lot easier for people to go look at it uh, and ask the question all the time. So that's another tool that I think is really helpful um, especially for people that are just, you know, starting to get into fantasy hockey. Yeah, maybe Brian and I should have directed people to your goalie rankings tonight. We actually had a question earlier today whether to start Ryan Miller, who was playing against Dallas, or Kerry Ramo on Calgary against Tampa Bay. And uh, we responded, it's probably close, but we'd go with Miller. And the guy tweeted back to us saying, like, yeah, really glad I started Miller because uh, he led in six goals against Dallas. He got completely blown up. Ramo had a good game, lost in overtime, but only two to one. Who, who did you have for those two? Who did you have higher? Not going to lie, I actually had Miller ranked higher as well. Dallas is a high-powered offense, uh, but, you know, Miller looked pretty good in his first couple games. I figured uh, the Lightning would, you know, get get in the goal column tonight after being kind of shut down last night by Edmonton. I didn't think, you know, that an offense that talented would be able to get shut down two nights in a row, but I guess uh, we were both wrong on that one. Yeah, it's tough. Yeah, do you have any secrets aside from just sort of looking at past things? Or, like, how do you decide on these goalie rankings? How do you decide who to put higher than who? Um, it, You know, it's a big... Uh, you got to look at how, you know, the goalie's performing recently. I don't try to look into numbers based on last year's statistics too, too much um, or, or, you know how a goalie's fared in his career versus a specific team. But you got to take a look at things like that, you know, how um, you know how they play on the road, how they play at home, stuff like that. A lot goes into it based on, um, you know, who say somebody, you know, Tyler Segan wasn't playing tonight, and, you know, you give a specific goalie a bump. But uh, usually, you know, I just try to go based off the, the specific matchup and hope, you know, hope for the best. Yeah, I guess it's easier. Like with our podcast, you know, we try to – look at which players to pick up, which players to target. And there you can look at long-term trends when it's just like predicting one night of activity. There's so much randomness, but still it's handy to have, people still have to make these decisions. So it's nice to have a resource somewhere. Well, I'm a big, you know, I like to play the guys that you drafted early. Like you want to play the carry prices. And a lot of times you get those crazy questions. Like, should I play carry price or, or carry Ramo? And it's like, well, you should play carry price every, every time. Uh, or you shouldn't bench Sergei Bobrovsky. So the one reason I started doing these rankings, it, you'll notice the trend is the top goalies are usually always at the top because I don't want people benching their, you know, their premier goalies unless they have a terrible matchup for guys that they just picked up. So that's another reason I was you know, kind of getting tired of answering, should I start Bobrovsky or Cam Talbot? It's just like, well, should probably go with Bobrovsky. Yeah, I guess from now on when we get tweets like that, we'll uh, give our opinion, but also direct them to your list if they want a second opinion. Yeah, it's usually up around uh, 
you know, 3 or 4 p.m. Uh, Eastern once the majority of the goalies have been confirmed. So, you know, if you start getting questions closer to game time, definitely direct them over to uh, to the goalie rankings. So you said before that you had Pearson and Druan as your possible top two rookies. Is that still who you think will be the top two? Where would you put like a guy like Johnny Godreau who didn't do anything for the first few games, but right after the episode we released where we talked about how Brian dropped him and that he didn't hold much value this year, he got a goal and an assist and now seems to be in a better position in Calgary. Uh, I actually really like Johnny Goudreau. Uh, he, he's electric. You know, he's got great hands, super, super quick. And you got to love when a player gets, you know, he was a healthy scratch, you know, before he came back and got the goal and assist, like he said. You got to love when a young player bounces back like that and has a really good game and responds to getting, you know, being a healthy scratch. Um, and the Flames actually rewarded him tonight. They moved him up and he played with Monaghan and, and Raymond. So, you got to like a player that responds like that. And, you know, I, I think Goudreau's got a, a big future ahead of him. So, hey, I got to ask, as, you know, the main person contributing to Daily Faceoff, you must get some perks. You know, Daily Faceoff is part of this big Nations network, which we've mentioned. And, like, have you had any cool uh, people that you've met or any neat perks from working for Daily Faceoff? Uh, yeah, you know what? We have, a, you know, we work with, closely with a couple big B reporters. Um, I work really closely with former NHLer Brian Sotheby, which is cool. Um, you know, I never thought I'd be texting former NHLers on a regular basis. Um, and then last year, I actually got to interview uh, Jay Onright and Dan O'Toole from formerly of TSN, uh, now Fox Sports 1 in, uh, in the States. And that was awesome. I, I watched them every day when I was uh, in high school. I'd wake up and watch Jay and Dan. And then all of a sudden, the, they, you know, Fox Sports 1 came calling and asked if, you know, we wanted to talk to them. And I jumped all over that opportunity because they're hilarious. And it was, uh, it was a really funny interview to do, and uh, it, it was nice. It's kind of something I never really expected uh, to do, and it, w- it, was, it was a good time. Cool, man. You got to get Brian and I in on that at some point. <laughs> you know, I'll do my best. Maybe we can get him <laughs> on the podcast. Yeah, that would be awesome. But okay, before we finish off, I got to ask you, you said you're in multiple pools. How are you doing in them? Uh, yeah, I'm actually in five pools. Which Holy cow. Yeah, this year is uh, the most I've ever done. Uh, it got a little crazy. I mean, I guess everybody wants to have the, the fantasy hockey guy in their pool. Uh, I'm in four head-to-heads and, and one roto. I went uh, three and one in uh, the first week. So I'm doing okay head-to-head. My one team is pretty stacked, so I'm excited. Are there any picks you're especially proud of? I know you mentioned you have Ryan Johansson in most of them. Anyone else that you're really happy that you got? And maybe on the flip side, any picks you're regretting already? Um, well, I, in my one league, I, I got uh, Sammy Vatnin in the last round. So far, he's, uh, he's been lighting it up pretty good on the, on the uh, Ducks power play. Um, my one league, I actually took Steve Stamkos first overall. I wrote an article in my draft kit about who you should draft first overall, and I actually said Sidney Crosby. Um, mm-hmm. But then when it came down to it, um, I just I liked the goals more than the assists, and I wanted a 50-goal score on my team. So I took Stamkos, and hopefully uh, that works out in the end. Right now, I think I'm, I'd be leaning towards Crosby, but Stamkos has had a couple multiple goal nights, so... We'll hope for the best. Yeah, you can't go too wrong with either of those guys as long as nobody gets injured. I couldn't get Crosby in my draft. So in my one pool, that's the keeper pool. Obviously, Crosby's a a keeper and he'll be every year forever. But I got the next best thing because then I think the second round of the draft, which was after we'd all already kept, there's 14 of us and everyone kept six people. So I guess you could think of it as like the eighth round. I got Patrick Hornquist and he seems to be getting in on most of Sidney Crosby's goals. So I'm a Crosby fan by proxy now. There you go. No, I was, uh, that's another player I was actually extremely high on in, in my draft kit. Um, I loved Hornquist back when he was playing with Nashville. Um, he was a 30-goal scorer on a team that didn't really score a lot of goals. And then when you put somebody, you know, who's that good in front of the net, 
with Sidney Crosby, it's bound to you know, turn into some magic. Yeah, and the league that Brian and I did together was actually the first year of a new keeper league, and it has some kind of wonky stats. You know, goals are worth a lot more than assists. I think it's like four points for a goal and only two and a half for an assist, and also counts hits and all of these kinds of things. And we did our rankings and decided that Alex Ovechkin was actually the highest value player in that draft just because of all the goals that he gets. And we had him ranked first, but then we got fourth pick overall, and we actually still got him. So that's an, another guy I'm cheering for this year. How did you have Ovechkin ranked? I had Ovechkin ranked, I think, third overall. I've always been a big Ovechkin fan. Uh, I love the fire that he plays with. Last year, I mean, it was a bit of an anomaly. I think the you know the minus, I think he was thirty minus thirty five or thirty eight, and I expected a big bounce back year. But like even though he was a minus thirty eight, I still he's the next closest threat to uh, fifty goals besides Steven Stamkos. So. Ovechkin, I think I had him, you know, 48, 49 goals and, and 88 points or something like that. So, you know, mix that in with a couple hits and uh, stuff like that. Like you count in that league, it's a pretty good pick for fourth overall for sure. Yeah, actually, we've been chirping at the guy who had third overall because it went Crosby and Stamkos, just like in your league. And then third overall, the guy took Tyler Sagan, who's a great player, but I was shocked that he went third overall. Yeah, I'm a big Tyler Segan fan too. I mean, we share the same last name, so it's hard not to be. I've got his, oh, yeah. I, I've got his jerseys because it's got my last name on the back, but um, I definitely would not have taken him third overall and definitely would not have taken him over Ovechkin. But uh, he was definitely a borderline first rounder, but not that not that early. Yeah, well, I guess the guy says it's a keeper league and he thinks Sagan will lead the league in points in a couple of years, but who's got the time? I want to win now. Yeah, seriously. Take home the trophy now and then just build for the future later. <laughs> And then how about on the other side? Are there any picks you made that you're not so happy about? Um, not so much picks I'm not happy about, but I wish um, I won league. My, uh, we played two right wingers, and I've got Martin St. Louis and Pascal Dupuis as my number two right wing. So, I mean, it's hard to build a perfect team, but I wish I was a little bit stronger at right wing. Um, but if Pascal Dupuis picks it up, you know, I'm, I'll look okay. Yeah, actually, in my 14-team uh, league, I'm also kind of weak on right wing. We have four right wing positions, and it's ESPN, and they don't have any dual eligibilities yet. So I have to go with only people who are right wing. And my first two are very strong, Kessel and Hornqvist. But then my bottom two are Hemsky, who's done nothing this season. I'm really worried about him. And then Matt Reed on Philadelphia, who I got in, like, the last round. I'm looking, though, I think the top-ranked right wing free agent right now is maybe Damian Brunner who got a couple of power play points tonight slim pickings yeah that's uh Damian Brunner that's going deep but uh I, th- I think it's on ESPN they have to play 10 10 games out of position before they get the dual eligibility so um hopefully a couple of right wings aren't too far down the road for you yeah I'm hoping once I could move a center to right wing then there's a couple of somewhat decent centers available I'm looking at Soderberg and Backlund as possible options if I could fit them into my roster yeah like I have uh Philip Forsberg and right now on ESPN he's only available as a center but he plays left wing every night so hopefully something like that you know gets moved over and uh, you mentioned that you listened to the last episode that we did we talked a lot about some buy low and sell high guys do you have any other people you would put into either of those categories uh yeah I think uh for buy low purposes I would definitely take a look at James Neal I think he only has one goal so far in the year actually he scored again tonight so I think he has two now but, uh, you know, he's got to adjust to life without Malkin and Crosby on the power play. Um, it's going to take some time. But he is playing with, you know, Mike Barrett, who's a pretty crafty playmaker, and Philip Forsberg, who's a talented winger. So I think with time, he's going to, you know, start finding his groove, and he should still be able to approach 30 goals. So that's definitely somebody to take a look at that you can, 
you know, pick up for low, uh, you know, a low, a low price tag. <laughs> it's funny that you mentioned him. I actually emailed the person in my league who has James Neal trying to see if she was interested in trading him. And she pretty much told me I was out of luck. <laughs> That's too bad. There's no, there's a, there's a bu- bunch of other guys though, that you can take a look at. Um, Thomas Vanek and Miko Koivu are both off to pretty slow starts in Minnesota. You know, Mika Koivu is a really talented playmaker as well, and Vanek is a talented goal scorer. So, I mean, it seems like a match that, you know, should be made in fantasy heaven. Uh, hasn't really worked out yet so far, but I think if we give them a little bit more time, they'll start figuring it out, and, and the points will start, you know, being racked up. Yeah, I guess the thing with Koivu, and actually Brian and I have him in that pool we're doing together, he doesn't have any points yet, but he did play like 20 minutes in the last game and had five shots on goal. So you would think if he's putting shots on net and getting the opportunities, I agree with you. He'll hopefully do something soon. Yeah, there's so much talent in Minnesota that the, the points are going to start. They're going to start pouring in. So I think if uh, you got to just be patient with somebody like that, he's he's been a proven, you know, consistent producer. So, I mean, points are going to happen eventually. But you have your friend there, Mikhail Granlund, who you ranked pretty high. Don't you think there's a concern that if Granlund takes his spot, then he's do for a decline yes and no um i think you know granlin has obviously solidified himself as the number one center there's been magic there with palmanville and parise but there's just like i said so much talent in minnesota that i think there's going to be enough goals to go around on that second line you know vanek's going to be playing with koivu and either niederreier right now it's charlie coyle so there's going to be enough offense to go around in that top six that i don't think uh koivu is going to drop off that much so any other by low players you wanted to mention um well there's definitely some by low goaltending Henrik Lundqvist is clearly not available uh, for Bilo anymore after a couple solid performances in a row, but you got to definitely look at Mike Smith. He's just off to an absolutely terrible start, but he's a good goalie. He's a big goalie on a defense first team. I think that, you know, it's only a matter of time before he, you know, writes the ship. And then you look at John Gibson and Jake Allen as well. Neither one of them are playing right now, but they're both ranked high, especially by myself. I had them both ranked pretty high, but I think it's only a matter of time, especially in daily leagues, they're going to be useful because they're playing on such good teams and they're going to start you know, getting starts and they're going to start picking up wins um, on a pretty consistent basis. So guys like that, that you know, especially Gibson who just got sent down, people were panicking when that happened. So I think if you go you know, to a Gibson owner, you can probably get him for a pretty reasonable price tag. Yeah, it's interesting that you said Mike Smith. I read some people saying... I think Brian's of the opinion that he's like overrated. And if you look at some of his save percentages, they haven't been that good. He's had a few really nice years, 915 save percentage last season, but then also some years a lot closer to 900. Also, uh, Dubnik's come in and played a couple of somewhat good games. Do you think Dubnik has a chance to steal any starts? I mean, he's going to start stealing some starts, um, you know, in the early going uh, I've, lot of lo- I've read a lot of reports that the Coyotes are really pleased with Mike Smith. He's their number one guy. Um, he's just got to get some work in. He's got to work over some, you know, work through some issues right now. And um, he's no elite goalie by any means, but he's definitely a really solid number two. And if you can get him for cheap, there's there's no issue with having Mike Smith as your number two behind, you know, a, a more proven goaltender. Yeah, for sure. Especially if, like you say, you could get him for cheap. Yeah, I mean, after this start, I think there's probably a couple of goaltenders out there, that, or uh, sorry, a couple of owners out there. Um, that would be willing to cut ties with them for you know somebody especially like if you're looking at a Darcy Kemper somebody like that you know who's not going to start as many games as Smith is you know through the cor- over the course of the season um, that could be you know a-, a move you could make yeah I guess I would say that Kemper probably is more likely to win the games that he plays but if Smith gets like 20 more starts then obviously he's going to probably have more wins at the end of the year yeah I would I would agree with that like I said I've said it I think 12 times already the wilder you know ultra talented but Kemper was a guy that was in the ECHL not too long ago so he's a hard he's been great so far 
but it's hard to see him, you know, consistently playing over Nicholas Backstrom and then Harding once he returns from that crazy injury. So what about on the other side with the uh, sell high? Do you have any names you wanted to throw out there? Uh, there's guys like you can look at somebody like Rick Nash, who's just off to a crazy start. Uh, I think he, he scored again tonight, which gives him eight goals. I don't think he had eight goals until the early part of January last year. But Rick Nash is somebody who I'm a big fan of. I think he scored 30 goals like seven times. So he's a proven goal scorer. And if you want to get, if you're somebody who's not a big believer in him, then definitely sell him high. But if it's somebody you think that you can hold on to, that's somebody I would hold on to myself. Well, yeah, I guess it depends who you could get for him. Like uh, there's some slumping guys, like Brian mentioned on Colorado, these guys like Duchesne and Landeskog. Maybe if you could sell Rick Nash for one of them, especially like someone like Duchesne, maybe then it's worth it. It obviously depends who's coming back on the other side. Yeah, for sure. Like everybody has their preferences, right? Like you, some people probably picked Rick Nash and were just like, oh, I got Rick Nash because he's for some reason got a bad rap in the last couple of years because he's been just awful in the playoffs. But in the regular season, he's great. And if, if you can get somebody back that you like more and you have more faith in, then by all means, it's time to sell high. And okay, I guess we've taken up enough of your time but before we go i gotta ask what are your thoughts on eric carlson where did you project him in your draft kit the namesake of our podcast i guess i should have seen this one coming well i guess there's not much that i can say about him that everybody else hasn't already said i mean he's an unbelievable skater he's got fantastic hands and just an absolute rocket from the point i had him as my number one ranked defenseman i know a lot of other people uh had suban ahead of him which i find crazy but if it's a penalty minutes league, I guess, um, you're going to get some more production from Subban in the PIMS category than you are at Carlson. But Carlson's an exceptional talent, uh, by far the best offensive defenseman in the game. And I don't know if he can go point per game, but honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if he does, especially with the start he's had. Uh, yeah, we don't really talk about guys like Carlson too much on our podcast since it's just like too obvious. There's nothing really you could say, like you said. But hey, four points in five games so far, 24 shots, which is insane. He's definitely a guy I'm happy to have keeping in my pool, especially since we have a defense points category. So he contributes to that one specifically. Well, if you have defensive point category, then phew. You're, you're laughing, especially at yeah, 24 shots through five games is, you know, that's exceptional. And uh, it's only going to continue. He's uh, he's kind of on an island right now in, in Ottawa. So he's going to just keep racking up those points and you guys are going to reap all the benefits. <laughs> well, thanks a lot, Brock, for coming on to the show. I'm sure this won't be the last time. And definitely listeners, let us know what you thought of the interview with Brock and, you know, start clamoring if you want him to come back on soon. We're very excited to be working with Daily Faceoff and it's really cool to be able to talk to you. Yeah, thanks a lot, Elon. Uh, you know, great to be on the show. I've been listening to all your guys' episodes, so uh, I was excited that you asked me to come on and uh, hopefully, you know, we can continue this if, you know, the listeners approve. <laughs> I'm sure they will. All right, have a good night, Brock. Thanks again. Yeah, thank you. All right, well, that was my interview with Brock Sagan from Daily Faceoff, not to be confused with Brock Nelson or uh, Tyler Sagan. We hope you enjoyed this midweek bonus content. Let us know what you think on Twitter at Keeping Carlson, and we'll be back at you with another regular episode of Keeping Carlson next Sunday. Let's cue that outro music. Mm-hmm.